Well, this morning's message is on unlocking generosity. And I, yeah, it was, um, Ruth encouraged me to, to speak on, on something. I thought, well, Lord, what, what have we got on my heart here? So I wanted to have a look at how we as Christians and as the church, how do we unlock generosity? If we, if we look at scripture, the Bible tells us that we need to be generous in all that we are and all that we do. And Jesus himself encourages us to not only be generous to those that we know, but especially to those that we don't know. So I don't believe that we're not necessarily being generous as Christians, but there seems to be a bit of a sense or a feeling out there in society that we're not as generous as we used to be. Um, I kind of get that sense because for most of you that don't know, I run an international charity. And, you know, charity giving and giving out there is sort of waning at the moment. And is it because society is not as generous or... And it gets my brain juices flowing a little bit to think, to go, well, what's actually going on out there? And I don't have the answers, but I like to think about it. Um, It's not just solely about finances or money. So this message is not about that. But it's about generosity in all that we do, in our time, in our resources, in everything that we have in our hand. We live in a world that tells us to hold on to everything, that we have to accumulate as much as we can while we can, that we are to look after ourselves and those that we love only. And if you think about that, that's so um, counter-cultural to the gospel and to the teachings of Jesus. Completely opposite. Are we surprised? The world is opposite. So when we look at the life and the teachings of Jesus, we see the generosity of God flow with abundance. And he encourages us to be generous with all that we have as well. He doesn't say to give everything away, but to be generous. And I think that the key to unlocking this generosity starts with the heart and then with the mind. So before even parting with our finances, before even parting with your time, whatever it is that you're going to give of yourself, you need to start with the right heart and with the right mindset so that God can unlock generosity from within you. If you're only going to be generous to receive something back, then your heart and your mind is not aligned to the will of God and it's not aligned to the teachings of Jesus. If you're generous and then become upset or annoyed that you weren't thanked or you feel that you were taken advantage of, then your heart and your mind is not aligned either. Because having your heart and your mind aligned with God and with God's generosity, it's being generous without thanks, without praise, and without return. So when I was thinking about this, I thought, so why are people inclined to be less generous today? In a world where materialism and self-centeredness seem to be on the rise, perhaps it's good for us to explore some of the factors that hinder generosity, maybe. So if I may, maybe some of these points I'm going to share um, may get us to ignite our brain juices to see how we can understand and maybe we can find ways to reignite that spirit of generosity within us because it is there. God says he's given it to us. It's there. we just got to unlock it, inspired by our faith and by the teachings of Jesus. So the first one is that we live in an increasing culture of consumerism. One significant challenge to generosity in our modern society is this pervasive culture of consumerism. We live in a world that constantly bombards us 
with messages urging us to accumulate more possessions and indulge in more personal desires. Have it, it's yours. Take it now. Put it on credit. Um, You can have it today. The focus on self-gratification can eclipse our sense of compassion and our generosity towards others. So it's important to resist this pull. And there's a constant pull. If you're on social media, goodness me, it's there all the time. And this constant pull of consumerism. And let's prioritize the needs of others above our own. The second thing I thought of was fear and insecurity. See, in a world marked by uncertainty and and especially economic challenges, there's a fear of uncertainty and it grips our hearts. And you can sense that in people. You know, you can sense it in their mindset. There's, I come across many people with this, with this poverty mindset because there's a fear that they, they won't have something tomorrow. And look, fortunately here in New Zealand, we shouldn't actually even have that fear. If you were living in Bangladesh or other parts of the world, probably because you don't know if your meal's coming. But here, there's opportunity, there is options. So the fear of not having enough for ourselves or for our families can lead to the scarcity mindset making us hesitant to actually give. However, it is precisely in times of scarcity that generosity shines most brightly. We must remind ourselves of God's faithfulness and we must trust his provision, stepping out in faith to give, generos- to give generously despite what our fears may tell us. And it is hard. It's, when that, that, it's that, that boundary that you've got to leap over. The third thing was distraction and busyness, and I kind of put myself in this camp a little bit. See, there's a fast pace of nature in our modern lives, often leaves us overwhelmed and often leaves us very distracted. Our schedules are just filled to the brim. It leaves very little time and energy for acts of generosity. We need to be, we become consumed with our own concerns, and we fail to notice the needs of others that are around us. We fail to just see what's happening because we've got so much happening in our head. So it's crucial for us to intentionally carve out times for acts of kindness and to prioritize the needs of others in our daily lives. Individualism and self-centeredness. The rise in our culture of individualism and self-centeredness has led to a diminished sense of communal responsibility. And we can see that here in our society. We often prioritize personal success and achievements over the well-being of others. Generosity, however, calls us to move beyond our self-interest and to consider the needs of our neighbors and and our communities. As followers of Christ, we are called to love one another and we're called to extend a helping hand to those in need. And the last thing I thought of was that lack of awareness and that lack of connection. See, in our increasingly globalized and interconnected world, it is easy to feel overwhelmed by the magnitude and the challenges around us. Even in my organization, I get bombarded constantly with WhatsApp messages or emails or whatever it is of, of the need out there. And it, it does. It, it completely overwhelms your head and your mind and your heart. You go, I can't do this. But that's where I just go, God, I can't do this. But you can. And we just put it at his feet. But you see the constant barrage of information can desensitize us sometimes to the plight of others, making us feel helpless or detached. It is essential, though, for us to cultivate empathy and to engage in acts of generosity that directly impact the lives of individuals that are within our reach, though. 
And these are some of the challenges that we can think about. As I was um, doing my research for this morning's message, I actually came across a cool little story. Um, if we can get this, this slide up. So the story, there's a lady who came past, this, this man, and the lady says, how much do you sell your eggs for? The old vendor replies, they're 50 cents an egg, madam. The lady says, I'll take six eggs for $2.50 or else I'm leaving. I'm walking away. He says, the old man replies, buy them at the price that you want. But this is a very good start for me because I haven't sold a single egg today and I need this money to live. She bought her eggs at a bargain price and she left with a feeling that she had won. She got into her fancy car and went to a fancy restaurant with her friend. The lady and her friend ordered what they wanted to on the menu. They ate and they drank, and then when they had finished, they paid the bill, which was $400. But the lady gave the, 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 the waiter $500 and told the fancy restaurant owner to keep the rest as a tip. This story might seem quite normal to the owner of the fancy restaurant, but very unfair to the egg seller. The question it raises is, do we always need to show that we have power when we buy from the needy? And why are we generous to those who don't even need our generosity? Continuing on, I read somewhere that my father used to buy goods from poor people at high prices, even though he didn't need the things that he purchased. Sometimes he paid more for them than what they were asking for. And this young girl was amazed. One day she asked him, Dad, why are you doing this? And he replied, it's charity wrapped with dignity. I thought that was quite a cool little story. But it it resonated well, going, you know, sometimes are we giving generously to those who probably don't need it and not to the others that that do? Fostering personal connections and seeking out opportunities to serve, we can overcome the apathy that hinders our generosity. And sometimes it is apathy. See, generosity is a quality that reflects the very heart and the very nature of God. For he is the ultimate giver. So as we this morning continue to delve a little bit deeper into this topic, why don't we explore the scriptures? Why don't we go to the source of information, which is the Bible, and the teachings, which we should actually be drawing our inspiration from, so that we can better understand the profound impact that generosity has on our lives. So we're going to turn it around and look inwardly. If we look at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 8, the Apostle Paul writes, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one of us must give as he has decided to give in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you have all sufficiency in all things at all times so that you may abound in every good work. We can continue on with Luke uh, chapter 6 verse 38 where God challenges us to be generous not because he wants us to receive the blessings that come from him not, not necessarily from him but from being generous. It's the blessings from being generous. You see, God knows that being generous is a condition of the heart and it's a condition of the mind. And by being generous, you unlock something that aligns with his will and, that ali- and what is his will. It's to bring his kingdom here on earth for others to enjoy. So that un- unlocks it. It allows that to happen. Jesus says in Luke, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, 
shaken together and running over will be poured over into your lap. For the measure you use, for, the, for with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. We should show generosity to, generosity to everyone as we have an opportunity to do so, or when the opportunity presents itself to do so. Further, Matthew 5 verse 43 says, Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. We can look further into Ephesians. Former thieves must leave their past life behind. And work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those that are in need. And Timothy writes, the rich should be generous and willing to share. So in our generosity, we are not to expect payment in, in kind, or repayment in kind. Our reward will come from the Lord, in His way and in His time. We are to show generosity even to our enemies. Some hard-hitting truths from the Bible when you look at it. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. If you lend to those whom you expect repayment, well, what credit is that to you? But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked as well. So God is seeking a people who reflect his character and his model in generosity. He's seeking those people. He delights in blessing those people. And sometimes, you know, we may think differently to what that blessing may actually be. There's far too many teachings, unfortunately, from the pulpit where blessing is related to financial but I don't think that's the case. But you know, what about blessings in other areas that we don't necessarily always think about? Blessings in our marriage, blessings in our health, divine protection over you and your family as you travel, you know, blessings upon your children and that they walk with the Lord, blessings for your crops, you know. Blessings can come in many shapes and sizes. But the question, well, who are we actually to question? how the Lord wishes to bless us. See, if we look at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 15, Paul exhorts the church to be generous in their giving to the Lord's work. He praises the Philippians for being so generous to him, adding that it's not only for himself that he rejoices, but he's rejoicing for them because they will be blessed for their gift. And so we should apply these encouragements to our own lives and to strive to be generous and wise with everything that God entrusts to us. See, generosity stems from a heart that has been transformed by God's love. It's not merely about financial contributions. right? Rather, it encompasses a lifestyle that reflects an attitude of selflessness and compassion towards others. So when we open our hearts and we open up our resources to help those in need... What we're doing is we are aligning ourselves to the character of God, to the nature of God. And why? Because he was the one who gave his only son for our salvation. Right? Because the Bible, if we look at that, it assures us that when we sow generously, we will also reap generously. The more that we give, the more that we will receive. Right? And that reception is in various ways and forms. It's what does to our heart and our mind. This is not a prosperity gospel, 
but it's a recognition of the principle that God honors and he blesses those who give with a cheerful heart. The blessings may not always be monetary, but can also include joy and can include peace and can include the deep satisfaction that comes from making a difference in somebody else's life. That's the joy, the satisfaction that you see in somebody else's life. See, generosity requires us to trust in God's provision. When we give, we demonstrate our confidence that God will meet our needs. When we give, we demonstrate our confidence in God that He will meet our needs, that we are not meeting it, we're not trying to do it ourselves. We shift our focus and our mind from scarcity to abundance. We shift our mindset acknowledging that God has the ultimate provider. He will never leave us lacking. And Jesus affirms that in the Sermon of the Mount where he says, you know, the birds eat. Trust in me. It is through our acts of giving that we acknowledge God as the source of all good things. He's the source of all that we have. The other aspect is generosity is an act of worship that goes way beyond the walls of the church. goes way beyond anything that we can comprehend. And it extends into every sphere of our lives whether it be with our time, whether it be with our talents, or whether it be with our treasures. Right? As followers of Christ, we are called to be imitators of Him who gave Himself sacrificially for our sake. Our acts of generosity become a tangible expression of our gratitude and our love for God. It's a tangible expression of our attitude and our gratitude and our expression for God's love. And lastly, I believe that generosity has the power to transform lives. Absolutely. Not only for the recipients, but also for the givers. You see, as we engage of acts of generosity, we become conduits of God's love. We become agents of change in a broken world. Our giving can bring hope to the hopeless, comfort to the grieving, and restoration for the brokenhearted. You see, through generosity, we participate in God's redemptive work, sowing seeds that bear fruit far beyond our imagination. When I was looking at this, I, I wanted to share stories of generosity and you know how we've been generous as a family, and I thought, no, I don't want to do that because then it kind of almost goes to that point of boastful, boasting, right? <laughs> don't, we don't want to boast, but as I was actually just um, going through my notes, I just felt... God say, you know, share something that happened. So many, many years ago, I was driving back from Gladstone to Brisbane. So it's a big, long drive. And I stopped at a fuel station. And there was this guy who was pretty rough. I just remember the story now. And he was pretty rough-looking, rugged. And he, he was in the service. So I was filling up my vehicle, and he was behind me filling up. And he looked like he was in a bit of a panic. And then ran into the service station, and he was in front of me. And when he swiped his card, it declined. And the lady said, look, sorry. And he, he was stressed. He was in a panic. And the lady said, look, I'm sorry, but you can't go anywhere. You, didn't pay, you can't pay for your petrol. And he didn't have his driver's license on him or anything. And I was standing there going, man, he looks a bit stressed. I wonder what's going on. And so he was not knowing what to do and just having arguments. And I just said, look, just, just go. You get in your car and drive. I will sort out your bill. And then when I left, he, he just ran. He didn't even say thanks or anything. I was like, actually, did he need to say thanks? But in my heart, I was like, oh, that was a bit rude. You know, I offered to pay, and he just ran, runs off. But then as I was reflecting on it, I don't know what he was running to. 
Like, I have absolutely no idea. And, you know, maybe it was something important. May, I don't know, but I'm, I pray that it was transformative in his life in some way. But I didn't need to. It was just an act of generosity to somebody else. And I think um, there used to be a day in September called, I think it's Rack Day, Random Acts of Kindness. And, I, yeah, I don't know if we promote that anymore, but I still remember those days back, back, back when. So, yeah, sorry, that was my story I needed to share. <laughs> so, yeah, you see, through our generosity, when we participate in God's redemptive work, we're sowing seeds that bear fruit far beyond our own imagination. We don't know what those seeds do. But our job is to sow the seeds and let God do the cultivation. See, as we sow generously, we will witness the abundant blessings that flow into our lives and into the lives of others. If we remember the words of Jesus in Acts 20, verse 35, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to be a giver than it is to be a receiver. May our generosity continually be a testimony of God's love and his grace, drawing others closer to him. And the biggest challenge of all for us as Christians is that we should be leading the charge in this. We should be the ones that the world notices and takes note of how generous Christians are, not just to each other, but to everybody, to the entire world. So this morning, my challenge to all of us, before we leave here today, is why don't we just examine our own hearts, our own attitudes, and look at challenging the cultural norms that are hindering us to be generous, you know, so that we can then rediscover the joy and the fulfillment that comes from selflessly giving to others, so that we can be agents of change, because that's what we're called to be, right? Agents of change, demonstrating Christ's love through acts of kindness and through acts of generosity. Cool. I'll pray this morning, hey? And then we will... Ash wants me to lead worship, but I don't think that's going to happen. (laughs) Oh, gracious God, I I give you thanks for this morning and for this day. Lord, we thank you for each one of us here today. And Father, I just pray that um, this morning we can be encouraged and challenged, Father God, to, to unlock generosity in our own hearts. And whatever that challenge is for each of us, Lord, it's individual, Father God. But I pray that you'll minister us, Holy Spirit. That today, Father God, and and throughout this week, you'll present opportunities for us, Father, where we can be generous, whether it's uh, to our neighbors, Father, to a stranger, Father, to anywhere or anybody. But I pray that you'll open that opportunity and challenge our hearts and unlock that, Lord. And may we also, Lord, be faithful and step out, cross that line of fear, Lord God, that we rely solely on you, that you are our provider, you are the Jehovah Jireh. And Lord, that we will not have that scarcity mindset, Father God, but that we will know you are the provider of all things. In your name we ask, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen.